Pulp MX Network Production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Renthal on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,500 podcasts delivered with over 15 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. As always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Anaheim One Kickoff Podcast Review Show of the Year. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. FlyRacing.com, RacerX Podcast. We're back. This is Mathis, of course. Thanks to Fly Racing, uh, flyracing.com for more information. Justin Brayton winning a heat in his Fly Racing gear. Blake Baggett having a hell of a night in his Fly Racing gear, flyracing.com. Uh, from the FR5 boots to the Evo gear to the Formula helmet, Fly Racing has you covered head to toe and uh, certainly doing big things over there. So we appreciate the uh, the folks at Fly Racing for all they do for this podcast show. Also presented by Maxxis Tires. Maxxis Tires, official tire of Alex Ray and, and AJ Catanzaro over there on the Kawasaki team. And and uh, also developed by the King, Jeremy McGrath, Bernard Kerr, not able to race using his Maxxis tires. But MXST, if you're on the line for a high-end tire and you haven't uh, really uh, been thinking much about Maxxis, please, I urge you to go back and uh, take a look at the, at the line that Maxxis offers, Maxxis.com, for more information on that. Uh, also, Renthal. Renthal is on board with us. You know the name. Uh, they've been, uh, man, just so many championships, so many wins over the years from the folks at Renthal, from their sprockets to their bars. Uh, they've got everything handled, and uh, they swept Anaheim. So, yeah, it, absolutely. It's probably the 600th time they've swept the Supercross, the folks at Renthal have. So the undisputed global leader in manufacturing and design since 1969, Renthal has become notorious for a relentless obsession to detail and quality through their commitment to produce the finest products on the market today. With a history full of innovations and more coming in engineering and legendary component reliability, Renthal is universally regarded as the most trusted brand in a pro paddock and first choice to the world's premier athletes and race teams. Renthal.com. Hashtag grab life by the bars. Uh, thanks to Renthal for coming on this show they'll be on all year and we got a special rental reaction podcasts coming uh throughout the year so uh really uh, excited to be partnered with the guys at rental and uh they've done great things as you know so if you go back and listen to podcasts i did in the off season with uh uh, Paul Parabinos from Renthal, and then also uh, Reese from from Renthal. Uh, the history of Henry Rosenthal and everybody involved uh, with Renthal over the years—it's fascinating, and I, I loved doing it, and it's great. So, uh, go back and, and check the archives for that. All right, Anaheim One Review Podcast Show, Fly Racing Racer X Podcast, presented by Maxis and Renthal. Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas. Here we go. Recorded it this morning, a little bit late. We're going to try to get these up on Sunday for the most part. But all right, let's talk some Anaheim. And now, as promised, on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, presented by Maxis and Renthal. This is the uh, A1 wrap-up. Lots to talk about when the uh, 2020 Monster Energy Supercross season kicked off this past weekend at the Big A. Uh, Of course, uh, the two usual uh, compadres on the line. First up, from Racer X Online, from 
GNCC Series, from the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championship, from Geneva Supercross, from Quad Racing, from whatever, Straight Rhythm, you know him. Jason Wygan, what's up, Weech? Yeah. What's happening? Anaheim Fever. Yeah. Awesome. It's here. Yeah, it, it was awesome. Uh, it's always a really good time. And um, now it's 2020, so we can make some changes. We have a new sponsor I need to add to this show. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm going to see right now. Yeah, on X Off-Road. It's uh, signed on to sponsor these podcasts. Uh, it is actually an app that can tell you where you can go riding. tracks uh, 985 million acres of public land. Uh, so know before you go, use the most trusted and accurate GPS satellite loop trapping map on X Off-Road. works using your phone GPS. When you're off-grid and online, it'll still work. So look up on X. That's on the letter X Off-Road. Download the app and uh, find out a place to ride. Sounds pretty good. Yeah, sounds sweet. Yep. You can go to uh, onxmaps.com also. Yeah, I'm just uh, learning about this. We just talked to these guys over the weekend, but it does sound awesome. I didn't know there were this many places to ride. It's cool. So it's yep. good that you just can't take your, you know, your CRF and, and hit the, you know, hit the local park because you, you know, well, you, you can't use that as an excuse anymore. I'm still out in California, and we did some of these famous mountain biking loops up around, like, you know, in Orange County and stuff. And uh, it's like, dude, if you could take a dirt bike out there, oh my god. Yeah, not yeah. quite. Unfortunately, we're not that good. Absolutely. Yeah. From uh, from Fly Racing, flyracing.com, Please visit your local dealer and demand to see the latest and greatest from those guys, including the Formula Helmet. It's Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Not too much. First round down. Yes. Uh, pretty excited about it, man. That, I don't know about you guys, but the first one is just pretty chaotic for me. Uh, just a lot of moving parts. So I feel about as relieved to get through the first one as probably most of the riders do. Well, we had a live show Friday night at the Catch. We had a fly racing pit show. You have your usual Anaheim One stuff where you're trying to run around. It was a very busy weekend. Yes, very busy. Yep. Yep. So I'm ready to, ready to move on, and uh, I think St. Louis will feel like a, a normal race, which should be good. Uh, I, I like this track. I Generally, A1's dumbed down a little bit. Um, we had a 3-3 that not many guys could do. We uh, we had two set of whoops. They broke down, but they were pretty good to start the day. Uh, e- tougher than usual Anaheim one-track, JT, I thought. Yeah, I thought it was tough. Um, it did – I don't know. I think it's a little bit of the rust and some of the rhythm sections they can go pretty big in. But if you looked at most of the mistakes, they were running into tough blocks. It wasn't like guys were just crashing their brains out, casing jumps or doing anything silly. Um, so I'm totally okay with it. If it was, if it was more difficult than we've seen, I, I have no problem with that. Uh, I made mention of it on Saturday to you guys. I really am not a fan of dumbing the tracks down when you have bikes that are this good and riders that are this capable. Uh, I say, you know, make them safe, but make them challenging. We, after the race, I just got a lot of like, dude, the track was gnarly. It was like an outdoor, it was broken down. It was soft. It was ruddy. It was uh, battling the track more than anything. That's what I got from the guys uh, after the race and then even yesterday texting with some guys. Yeah, and I feel like you could see that. Like, Barsha and Cian Cerullo had the win on the line, so you could tell they were going for it. But you feel like the rest of the guys, no one was, like, really putting in a charge. I mean, there was this freight train of maybe, what, five or six guys, uh, like fourth on back. And at no point was anyone, like, grabbing it by the throat. It really did look almost like watching, like, an off-road race or a really gnarly, like a muddy national or something where they're just yeah i want to pass this guy but i also don't want to crash right now <laughs> yeah the ruts in the corners i think were cited by a lot of the guys is like i just had to hold my line yeah 
Yeah, uh, AC made note to me after the race like we were we weren't even going on the on the bowl on the on the bowl turns. We were just going yeah. on the very flat bottom of the turn. Just that was the only place to go. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was um, it was it was odd for the opener to be um to be that technical, but I didn't have a problem with it. I think there was if four. You, I think I think there were four winners at Anaheim. Okay. I know they only threw the checkered flag for Justin Barsha, but I think there were four winners, and they sure. all deserve the trophy. Oh, you're like uh, one of those millennials just hanging yeah. out uh, yeah, 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 yeah. the station. Yeah, okay. everyone, everyone gets the trophy. <laughs> um, Barsha. Anybody's feelings. Yeah. The top four. Barsha won the race. He's the winner, obviously. Adam Cincerillo was fantastic, better than I think uh, maybe anybody thought he would be, and led a bunch of laps. Cooper Webb was sick all day, terrible in practice, and uh, got a third. And then Baggett, Blake Baggett, has never looked this good to start the season, or maybe I, he hasn't slipped my mind in Suzuki years or something. But um, And and Baggett, uh, Weege, I think all four of those guys could be very stoked with their Anaheim one. Yeah, absolutely, because Baggett is the only one out of that pack that really did anything. Like, he was in that group, and he ended up being the best of that group. You know, I know that Ken Roxon had an off night, but Baggett did pass him. Anytime you're passing Ken Roxon, you're doing pretty good, I feel, right? Yeah. Um, and the podium guys, like I said, Seems Rulo and Barsha were battling for the win. And uh, I don't even know, like, of all the Cooper Webb comeback night, terrible in practice, good in the main event stories from last year, this was even better than those. I don't think he was ever 14th in practice last year. Yeah. Do you agree? this bad and turn it around this much. Do you agree, yeah, JT? I agree. Yeah, I, I would argue maybe that practice was very similar in the past few years. I mean, it's been really rough for him across the board. The main difference was just in the main event, he was able to, to get it sorted out. I would mention, though, that the feeling I had in, in the truck after time qualifying was different this year. Uh, last year and years before, it was definitely struggling. But there seemed to be more of an air of confidence, or at least they had answers for what the problems were or why they were slow. Bag, you're talking about Baggett, by the way. People. Yes, were, I am. Right. I am. Sorry. Yes. Um, in previous years, it was more of just kind of scratching their head, and they were guessing a bit. Um they thought they knew where to go, but it, was, it wasn't sure. There was no certainty at all. It was like, hey, I think if we do this, maybe it'll be better. This year it wasn't so much about the bike. It was, hey, we need to figure out this section. You didn't jump this. You didn't do that. But we'll be good tonight. So I was quietly optimistic that it would turn around a little bit, but I couldn't really be because it, had, it was almost the same thing as every other year, struggle in practice, and then the race doesn't go well either. Um, so that was, the, like you said, I, I absolutely think that's the best day one I could remember for yeah. Blake Baggett. Ah, uh, they were they were great. I mean, I know it. You know, I just take the top four, but oftentimes there's guys further back that have a great race, and and I don't know if any of these guys, anybody other than those four guys, can really walk away being pumped. Anderson rode well, of course, but um, let's get to Barsha though. Blue Crew uh, last year, muddy, rainy. He pulls the win off, uh, and you know, very unexpected win. Rode great. This one was different, though, for obvious reasons. I mean, still a brutal track, uh, but man, why can't he? Uh, he was amazing. He 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 was good in qualifying, not great. Good in qualifying, he was on the on the board here and there. Um, ended up qualifying uh, seventh. Maybe that heat race was was totally what he needed. Weege winning the heat race. Maybe that maybe that turned it around a little bit. But man, Barsha was good. 
Yeah, I don't know about the Heat. Um, I think there's a couple of things going on here. First of all, I do think Barca just has an overall boost at Anaheim 1. He's been very good at this race now three years in a row. Uh, I actually look, this is crazy. He won his Heat race at Anaheim 1 three straight years. And that's always the most stacked field of the year, right? So you're doing something right if you keep doing that. And then he won the main last year. He ran up front and led laps the previous year. Hold on. He won, that, he won the Heat. Yeah. Are you saying he won the Heat? Yes. On, Three, I, no, no. On a yeah. JGR bike? No. Because this is the third year of Factory Yamaha. Oh, it 2017. is? Yeah. Oh, okay. He, 2017. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. the late I, fill-in for Millsaps. He bad. was awesome all day. Won his Heat. Led the main. I think he got third. Uh, he's yes. just been really good at Anaheim 1. And what we've seen is it doesn't always necessarily turn out that the rest of the season is as good. So what I think we've known from donations and other races, I think Barsha's better under pressure than a lot of riders. So everyone's all freaked out and nervous. Mm-hmm. I think he I, Anderson has had some good Anaheim 1s in the past, I think for the same reason. He doesn't, I think, get tight uh, like the same riders, uh, like other riders do at the opener. So I think Barsha gets a boost from that. But that's only... You want to play blame pie here? Maybe that's 20% of it. Um, I think they are in a better place. He is a rider, the bike, the team. Uh, I don't think it's all just he wasn't as nervous as everyone else, but I do think that was a factor. Uh, yeah, I think I think the the track, I mean, obviously it wasn't as brutal as last year, JT, but the track helped him this year again. Again, it played into his favor. Well, I think those conditions are good for him, but it's, it hasn't really seemed to matter too much. Uh, I've seen him, you know, ride on tracks that are super slippery and ride really well too. To me, it just seemed like he was confident no, no matter what with this Anaheim one situation, he was just aggressive and on it. Um, but yeah, if, you, if you're just talking big picture, those conditions have, have always favored him in the past. Sure. Does this mean anything going forward? Barsha. Did it mean anything last year? Does this one mean more? Did you talk to him at the race? No, I, I did not. Oh. There was a lot of media around him. I talked to Jim Perry for a long time. Um, I talked to some other Yamaha people, and uh, I just I'm going to get him on the Pulp Show tonight. So, okay, uh, I I talked to him in the press conference, and then again, now look, you guys are probably going to laugh. You know, now he's saying last year, even when he won, he knew they were in a horrible place and it was going to be a bad season, and now the bike's great. I know. Everybody. I mean, I, mean, I just wanted I to. Laugh. I would just wanted to laugh just to, just because because you said we were probably going to. So. Yeah, I mean, dude, though, but like we hear this stuff all the time, right? When he won Anaheim one last year, he wasn't at all making it sound like, nah, this doesn't mean anything. Well, it was a mutter uh, last year. I mean, I, I mean, you know. No, no. He, there are some points to what he's saying, yeah. but it. Bottom line is, we're looking at back to back Anaheim one wins, and it's just weird to hear a guy say. Actually, I knew last year it was just a mud race and it was going to be a bad season. But now that's what he's saying. And I know setup talk is always very dicey. Um, but he was really praising the revised setup. There is one thing I'll point to that I think does sound legit, where he might be better this year than last year. And, Steve, you saw it in Paris. They actually, for the first time ever, are not asking him stop revving the bike. They're just, ride the way you want to ride. Ride it the way you want to ride. We will try to make it work for your riding style. And I do think when you talk to him in Paris and the way you're seeing him ride, I do think it works better that way. They're no longer trying to make him something he's not. Grab the bike and we'll try to figure it out. The bike is closer to stock than a lot of factory motorcycles I've ever been, from what I gather. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's Blue Crew. I've got one. It's phenomenal. (laughs) It it, it turned me into a mid-pack B-rider at the World Vets. Okay. 
you know. But he told you about all this in Paris, right? Yeah, like yeah, the bike oh, has yeah, less yeah. power, yep. he can ring it out with yep. his style. Yep. Um, um but let me there's more to it, yeah. I I never thought once after Anaheim won last year, like, oh, this means he's gonna be a contender. I'm like, it's a full mutter and Barsha's great. He deserves it, but that's why he won. Mm-hmm. I'm yep. I'm a little different for this one. I'm a little more like, oh hey, what do we got here? What do we got? You know? Really, really. After this I mean, he debuted in twenty thirteen, you're still wondering what we have. No, I just meant like is he gonna be better this year? Not himself. I mean, is he gonna be yeah. better? Is he gonna is he gonna challenge for podiums? I'm I'm so weak to weak on Barsha. I just have seen it so often. I know there were some horrible years in there that really skew the the overall picture, but if he came out and really struggled next week and got eight, it wouldn't shock me at all. No, no, you know? no, me neither. So that's that's kind of where I'm at. I hope because I think more guys that are capable of winning is better for everybody. Uh, that that would be awesome. But I am week to week. I, I don't think, and I, I really try to make this a just an overall philosophy: is don't draw hard conclusions from a one. Don't do it because it seems like everything changes once you get out of that that scenario there. So we'll see. I mean, look at, look at Baggett last year. He was terrible at A1. Then he goes to win Glendale. Like everything is just totally different when you get out of A1 for some reason. Yeah. What do you think, Weech? Where are you at? Is this, is this, is this going to happen again? Uh, I, again, I know setup talk is dicey. I think there is something to it. I think that he probably is in a better place for the bike than last year. I guess the real question is, how much of a difference is that going to make? I, don't, I think he got sixth at round two last year. I don't know if it's enough to take him from sixth place guy to winning uh, round two, you know what I mean? So I think he, I do think he'll be better, but I guess the real question is, is he better enough where all of a sudden you're like, whoa, can Barsha win this title? I mean, he's going to have to do uh, certainly more than just win Anaheim one for that. Yeah, he's got, I mean, I, I, I just, if he gets uh, four more podiums and another win, that would be stepping up in my eyes. I wouldn't even think about title. You know what I mean? You mean for the whole season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, If he gets a a bunch more podiums and then wins another race or two, then I'm like, oh, that that made a difference. Setup made a difference. He's better. And maybe he keeps that factory Yamaha rod. You know, if he wins another race, yeah, if he wins another race, period, I'm on board. And podiums and all that, yeah, no doubt about it. I agree Uh, with you. Someone after the race is like, well, he just saved his ride right there. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. This will be long forgotten if if things go sideways. Nobody remembers. Yeah, yeah. Nobody remembers so, they won. It, it, that's unfortunate. They right. should. You know, if he won, if he won a race in April, it's it's crazy. That's crazy to me to think how much everyone cares about a one right now. And then in April, it would mean more if he won a race down the stretch than it would winning a one because everybody forgot about it. Well, that literally happened last year, right? Like it, his whole year was considered a bad year, even though he did win the biggest race of the year. Yeah, we've already seen it. It didn't matter in the end. No one remembered it. So absolutely. <laughs> um, Adam seen Cirillo. Oh, I mean, you want to talk about coming out swinging? Did we ever find out if anybody had won their first ever race? Uh, yeah. So uh, Supercross Research, I, honestly, no, no one has. Because they said that Jimmy Ellis did it in 1975. I really feel like you cannot count the first year or two of Supercross. Because essentially, everyone is racing their first race at some point yeah. in that process. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think it was the second year of a Supercross championship. And the first year, I think there were only three races. So technically, I guess Jimmy Ellis did it. But I don't think it's the same. Right, with the I, I agree. Year of the series existing. JG won yeah. his second run, third. What was JG? Second. He, I remember he raced one, 
freaking one race on a Geico Hondo randomly in Seattle had he not done that. Yeah. Who knew? Tortelli? Tortelli? No, I looked that up. He raced three races in 97. I, I thought that okay. was one. Yeah. Yep. Brad, and Bradshaw had that famous podium right. in 89, right, before right. he won the opener the next year. So I didn't realize it. Yeah, this was literally going to be the first wow. time ever. We all thought he was going to do it, right, when he grabbed the lead back? I mean, all of us did? I mean, the whole I stadium? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, so, uh, you know, at the race, uh, I you know, watching him case that double and come off, I'm like, okay, like, I or maybe I didn't catch the whole thing right away, but watching it back like he almost went down like he he was lucky man that was a that was a close one for sure so yeah yeah uh i know i've been joking that the height on a 450 thing doesn't matter it did in that situation <laughs> those legs saved him on that he was good oh man he was good like i mean we all thought he'd be good right uh, i thought he was he he surpassed my expectations fastest guy all three practices uh you know was basically calm and steady Got a good start, worked his way up in the heat and, and in the uh, and in the main event. And yep, JT, he almost pulled it off. The kid almost did it. He did. He was great. I mean, you talk about a fantastic day from beginning to end. I mean, the only thing you know was that one big mistake. That was really it. You know, he had that. He made contact with Justin Hill. There, it wasn't really his fault. But that was really the only mistake I saw, and it ended up costing him a win. But hey, if you're gonna want to come in and have a smooth day. And I'm sure their goal, I would assume anyway, was just to be smooth and calm and don't do anything stupid, get off to a good start and build some momentum moving forward. I mean, he surpassed every expectation. So he went, I mean, I think he went from let's see how this goes to, hey, he might be in this championship conversation. And that, and that was more, not even just from the result. That was from how he looked. I mean, he looked the part in every possible oh, way. Oh, he, he just looked like, like I mean, he just looked like so many greats we've seen before as far as, you know, put, able to put the bike wherever he wants it at any time. Just that that's what he can do. So, Yeah, and I, I brought this up in our Fly Racing Radio show Saturday uh, afternoon in the pits. If you guys are coming to races, please stop by. Uh, it's usually around 5 o'clock. It's after the last practice, whenever that is during the day. It's a pulp show, but... But whatever. I brought this... I brought this can someone up. turn their email um, thing? Can someone silence their email thing, please? Thank you. Oh, That's sorry about that. Wow. Thank That's you. Sorry. Okay. Wow. So, um, when I watch him ride, he looks like he's so smooth, and he, he's riding the 450 the way I feel most people would think he should. Um, if you watch Ken Roxon ride, he rides this way, low RPM, the way they were telling Barsha he needs to ride. But it seems a significant difference from how he rode the 250. Just his aggression levels less, and he's he's letting the bike kind of work, and he's not forcing the issue all the time. And it just it kind of caught me off guard because he was really good on the 250, but it was in a different way. So I think that's I think that's playing right into his hands as he's not overriding the track or overriding the bike. And he man, he it takes an elite level of talent to be able to ride a 450 that smoothly and calmly and go that fast. So yeah, that was what really surprised me more than anything is how much his his technique and approach had shifted just in the bike change. Yeah, he looked good. Man, God, he was uh, – I, I would like – The speed was outrageous. Like, not only – he had the fast qualifying times, and I feel like he really still had that speed in the main. He was the only guy, like, making up ground. Like, even, again, with Barsha. Barsha went off the track, but they were pulling a big lead in everybody else. Yeah. And yep. he was the only guy, I feel like, was a – that you had that freight train where no one could do anything behind them. Adam was the only guy who was like – look to be making up serious ground and going faster than everybody else. 
I tweeted this out, but th- th- does Adam owe Hill some money or something? Because Hill took a couple of shots at him that were pretty good. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, he was asked about that in the press conference, and he said he didn't think it was that bad. But then he did say that he took the very highest rut at the top of the berm yeah. just so nothing would happen, and then he'll just cut over all the yeah. ruts and still hit him anyway. Yeah, so yeah and he had, he, had, he had some scrapes and like swelling on his arm a little bit. So, Sure. Um, yeah, he was good. I, w- I would immediately like to revise my prediction that he won't win a race this year. I would like to take that back, please. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, yeah, he – I don't know about the championship. I mean, let's, let's all calm down here. Because he still, he still had that big one. Or almost, you know what I mean? Like, he still had that. But but I do blame that on the track a little bit, too. Um, you know, diff, you know, it, it, was a, it was a brutal track. So, yeah, he looked yeah, great. Yeah, he swears. He's like, I didn't ha- – it wasn't a brain fart. He's like, the corner was slippery, right. and I must have gave it, you know, 1% more gas that lap. Yeah. You know, it was just – you know, I, I, we always like to say, oh, it's mental mistakes. This guy made a mental mistake. You know, sometimes the guys are riding at, like, the very, very limit as fast as they can go. It is difficult, right? Yeah. Sometimes they just make yep. mistakes. It doesn't always mean they choke. No, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Coop. Coop was great. Um, third place. Like, yeah, not good all day. Again, benef- I. they said they worked on whoops in the off season, but I don't know, JT. He still struggled when they were fresh in practice. Yeah, it's it's still going to be a challenge. Um, I mean, it, it was the same well, old story guess, last year. His struggle's a little harsh, but, yeah, not as good as others. Well, I mean, practice wasn't good, right? And that was the same scenario as last year. So, uh, I know that uh, I believe Weege made no somebody made mention of it. Maybe Daniel Blair. It was on the broadcast. I think Daniel Blair. Somebody made mention of it that his number one priority in the off season was to get better in the whoops, and it didn't seem like that had really paid off so much. Um, but same old story. Once the the racing came around, the whoops were pretty easy and you could jump through them or find a rhythm or do whatever. So uh, I don't see any reason to panic, but it's, it's still going to be that situation where practice might look ugly and he might have to, might have to wait until the nighttime's racing to really turn the ship around. But I think the most important aspect of that is understanding that as long as he and his team knows like, okay, we're, we're this just isn't a strength of mine and it's going to be a little rough in practice and let's not get down about it. Let's just make sure we have the rest of the track dialed as long as they approach it that way. And trust me, I, I know that firsthand because that's how I had to do it every single weekend. Uh, then it's fine. It really doesn't matter. Otherwise you just have to know going in. If the whoops are tough this weekend, oh. I'm not going to look great until the racing gets going. Rog will have those things mowed down in no time. Well, they do it no matter what. Like they're they're going. It's just part of the normal track. That's how it evolved throughout the night. That's what happened. It's been going. This has been going on for you know thirty years. It's been no different. Baggett came out in opening ceremonies with his baby on the front, like like the guy from Hangover. <laughs> I was like, oh, this, I mean, it's muddy, it's slippery, and there's a baby strapped to him. So, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, you should read uh, Baggett's wife's Instagram post, which is like every mortal agony fear of every mom right. just being like spilled out on Instagram. Yeah, like uh, her, she basically just like staked her heart to that, post, yeah. like freaking out over this. How, how about Blake still doing that three three like late in the race? Like everyone had stopped, <laughs> and he's just like, "Yeah, I got it." Yeah, and then of course he gave me one of the weirder interviews after the race. Yeah, yeah, I did, I did listen to that, right. dude. It's just what Baggett does, like. 
it's so weird that there are times where he's as good, if not better, or can do things that literally no other rider can do. And other times he sucks. And in this case, what did he say? I sucked real bad in practice. Didn't he say that? Yeah, I don't know. Didn't he say that? I don't know. He, yeah. was, he was eating some Chipotle chips. and Right. So, like, sometimes he's is, terrible and amazing all in one night. Tom, Tom, was, like the Tom was yelling, here's CNN. CNN's here. It's <laughs> like, all right, all right, you people. So, uh, Hey, JT, though, I want to say, I know you touched on Baggett already, but, I mean, look, Anaheim, the opening round of almost every series, has been terrible for him in the past. So what do you think, JT? Is this like a major thing, or is it like, ah, bag it, you just never know? I'm uh, I'm a little bit the same way as Barsha, where it's it's really mm-hmm. week to week. Uh, if you look at last year, I had I talked about this with several people on Saturday, and every single one of them were surprised, or they at least like raised their eyebrows anyway, that he had five podiums last year. I did not really – I didn't even realize that until, you know, a week or two ago when it got brought up. But do you think most people even realize he had five podiums? Because that's pretty strong, including a win. That, that sounds better on paper. He did, okay, yeah. he did end up fifth in the series. That's fine. Uh, but really, he's always started the series slow, even with a, a win at the second round last year. Uh, it hasn't been great, especially at Anaheim 1, and everyone just immediately lowers their expectation level. So. I think for everybody on the team, it was just a confidence booster, and including Blake uh, going in, like, man, if I'm that good at this race early, what does that mean down the road? Uh, so we'll we'll see. Like I said, uh, that's how my approach is going to be. It's going to be week in and week out. I don't know that it's, you know, title talk time, but for him, if he can be a relevant podium contender week in and week out, I think everybody wins in that scenario. It's the same conversation as Barsha. Having guys that can win – and our, our relevant race-winning capable guys, that's better for everybody. That's better for the series. That's better for spectators. Um, that's what we need more of. We, we don't need it to be, you know, talk, or, uh, Rocks and Tomac Webb, who's going to win between those three every single weekend. Uh, who? Well, actually, um, I don't want to skip over Anderson. He was good. Anderson was good, right? He was. He came up from he the was, back. Yeah. yeah he was, Weed, you, you liked Anderson's ride? Yeah, it was good. It wasn't like, you know, yeah, it's not something to spend five minutes talking about. He was good. He was in the battle, and yep. he made some moves. Um, and it was fifth. I don't think if you're Anderson, you're like, you know, amazingly pumping a fifth, right. but other guys were worse. Yeah. So who had a worse Anaheim one, Roxon or Tomac? Roxon six, Tomac seventh. Who had a worse one? I mean, again, and I'm not, like, again, it's Anaheim one. I'm not throwing the, the, the panic button here, but it, just one race, who's more Can bummed? push? Could be a push. <laughs> I think it could. Yeah, it could be a push. Weege? I think I think Tomac was worse. I think. Well, on paper he was too. So. <laughs> yeah. Let's put it this way, Steve. Here, here's what I'll do. We had several moments in the main. We were just like, WTF is going on. Yeah. Like what? Roxon was in that battle. And he at was. Point you're like, yeah. oh, he might get third. He might get fourth. He ended up sixth. Tomac could not. Get, they all had to get through the the uh, freeze chicane. <laughs> and when Tomac finally got through, he had a big gap to make up, and he never – I feel like he never closed in on any no. of those guys. No, he said arm pump after the race, right? He told people uh, arm he pump. He told Aaron Hensel yep. that, yep, arm pump. Roxon came out on social and said, you know, his bike was too stiff, track was soft and broken down, and bike was bike setup was not ideal. Hey, uh, okay. yeah, he said the bike was stiff uh, for safety reasons. Hey, JT, 
the mega rocks and crash from Anaheim mm-hmm. in uh, 2017, some people equate it to his bike's too soft and then it catches in ruts. You think that's what, what he's saying? What is it? Safer with he, different? He's def- yeah, he's definitely alluding to that, uh, that big yeah. crash. He basically got super low in the stroke and then it rebounded violently and kicked him over the bars. So he's, he's riding it stiffer to stay higher in the stroke to avoid that violent kick. It does do exactly what he's saying. If you have a track that's deteriorating and getting rough, a super stiff, harsh bike is going to feel terrible. So that, that all makes sense. It's, it's logical. I okay. totally get it. But I think we would all be lying, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong in this assumption, but I think we'd all be lying if when he started going backwards, we weren't like, uh-oh, are we right back to where we were last year with this illness, sickness, weakness at the end of races because I will. That's all I'm going off of. I don't know. I don't know that to be the case. I hope it's not. I'm going to take him at face value because he's, he's usually not one to make things up. He's, he's one of the most transparent riders out there. So I will take him at his word, but I, I promise you in the middle of that race, when he started getting passed and going backwards, I was like, here we go again. And I really hope we're not going down that road where he's just not at full strength because He's a very fit guy. You look at him, you can see the fitness in him. I mean, he's, he's always been fit. So for him to go backwards, I hope it was the bike set up and he just couldn't ride the track as it got worse. But I even had people texting me, you know, like, man, he just he's still not right. And I'm like, eh, let, let's hold off yet. Um, but it was, it was definitely a little concerning, right, I, for him to be forward up there in the mix and then to get slowly passed and shuffled back, that's not a promising sign. Yeah, it's a big weekend for him this weekend, St. Louis. I agree with that. Because I I buy this too stiff thing. I buy the bike setup thing. Makes sense. I like it. I heard I heard afterwards, you know, all about the track. So I like it. It's it's understandable, but yeah, I need to see him this weekend. So I I did I think he was going to get third. I thought when I was playing this thing out in Me my too. mind, I'm like Adam's yeah. going to win and I think Kenny gets mm-hmm. third here. Yeah. Well, to me it was disheartening if you are especially Roxon, okay tomac just didn't look good all day or night I, I didn't see anything from him and really practice was okay but in the heat race nothing the main event nothing I, I didn't see any intensity or speed really at all but if you're kenny and you're right up there and you see cooper webb and you know how sick he is you could hear how sick he is and you can't do anything with him and you actually lose touch with him that's pretty disheartening because how are you going to be able to deal with that when he, when Webb's actually strong and healthy? You know, what are you going to do then? So that was kind of a oh moment for me. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. This is a huge weekend. We really need to see him, even if he doesn't win or, or whatever, just be strong at the end of the race where you're still charging forward. That's that's really what we need to see. Uh, Tomac qualified second. I know. It just wasn't flashy to me. I, I just didn't see anything where I was like, oh, man, look at that guy. You know, and that's usually what you get from him. And the racing, there, there wasn't any of that. I mean, Vince Freezy's best lap was faster than Eli Tomac's best lap in the main event. Let that sink in for a minute. Weege? Wow. Um, look, I know it's round one, so you don't want to ever overreact to anything. But we all picked Tomac to win the title. I heard plenty of people saying, what are you guys, crazy? Um... This is exactly the reason why some people don't pick him for the title. This is why. And it already happened. Sample size of one. And it already happened once. 
Uh, is, any, um, is any of us changing the title picks? Are you, is anybody getting off this wagon already? Here's oh. the problem. Oh, we just we just getting off the wagon. I can't, I can't. I told you, you're not allowed to pit change. But to me, I've already seen enough. Cooper Webb was in a worse situation than he was at any race last year, and he still pulled it off, and he still yeah. ended up beating those guys. Um, yeah. And the two guys that beat him, would I pick a rookie or a Barsha to be better than him over the next 16 rounds? Probably not. So that was really, really, really good for Cooper Webb. Yeah. <laughs> really I'm good. going to – I'm going to stick by my Tomac pick on it because that's what we did. We, that's who I picked. But yeah. on my, my industry seating podcast, I said that if, I had, if, if we were allowed to bet on this sport, I would go back and bet on Cooper Webb right now. If, if I could, I would absolutely bet. Uh, I, would, I would bet on Cooper Webb. Listen, it's only dumb Wygant's rule that he picked Anderson, and then even when Anderson was hurt, he kept saying Anderson all year last year. I don't subscribe to Weege's stupid rule. I'm allowed to make my pick, my change my pick. I'm not going to. Well, I'm not panicking over that, a race. But Okay. I, but, in that scenario, if we're allowed to do that, then I'll change to Webb. I loved what I saw from him. Okay. Because, look, what yeah. did he do last year? Every single time things were not going well, he overcame adversity and made it happen. Guess what? What did he do last night? Exactly that. I didn't think he was going to do much at all. He was not good in practice again. He's super sick. Can't even talk. He, he, you know, he's so stuffed up. He, he said then, he oh, – yeah, uh, Wait, wait. I was trying to get him on a pulp show tonight. He's like, I have no voice. Yeah, and, and he's still able to go get third and beat his biggest yeah. rivals. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's a bad sign for you guys. So I'm staying with I'm Tomac. Right there though. with you, JT. Hundred percent. I echo all those thoughts. I'm not, I'm staying and with just, Tomac. And, and think, I, think I, about this. I'm not jumping just, off. Just to add, okay, that's fine. I, I, I understand that. Just to this, add to that point. Think about Zach Osborne. The same illness, right? They've been training together. They do everything together. So of course they're going to get sick together. Look how Zach's night went. Horrible. Just no energy, tired, big mistakes. You can say whether he was distracted or not, uh, big crashes. And then the same illness, Cooper Webb doing the same exact program. He goes out there, rock solid, gets third. You know, a completely different scenario. So, to me, under those circumstances, overcoming all that at the first round, that's, man, I would be – not panic if I'm Roxanne and Tomac, but I would be very, very concerned about what I saw from, from Cooper Webb on Saturday. Also, Weege, it, it, you know, it knocks, I think, stuff like this, what, this stuff like this happening to, to Roxanne and Tomac knocks a little bit of their uh, invincibility away from, uh, from the other guys, from their other competitors. You know what I mean? Like, it just, no, I do. Yeah, like, does, that's why I praise Baggett. Like, Baggett passed Ken Roxanne straight up. You yeah. ask him. Now, look, Roxanne's struggling. It's round one. Don't put too much into it. But go, if you, just like JT's saying, people underrated probably how good bag it was last season. If you quiz the fans before the night show and said, do you think Blake Baggett will actually ride better and straight up pass and beat Ken Roxanne? They'd probably be like, oh, no, I don't know about that. I feel yeah. like it's good. But I don't know if he's good enough to just beat Roxanne. I know it's only one race and it's the opener. But still, yeah. I think that's significant when these guys beat those guys. Yeah. I do. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Because, like, Stu and Dunge and Chad and Villo, they didn't just get seventh. Something massive happened for them to yep. get seventh, you know, all the time. Yep. Uh, almost for, for years and years and years. Something like an appendage would have to be broken. The bike would have to lose a front tire. You know, yeah, things like with, that. With yeah. Roxen, yeah, with Roxen, you can almost see it because he's had so many injuries and stuff. It, it hasn't been out of the realm of possibility. But Tomac, you're always every time just going, what is he doing? Yeah, you know, it yeah, wasn't yeah. 
it wasn't Arlington meltdown bad. No. But you're just you're wondering the whole race, like, is he ever going to get going here? I know. Is he ever going to start Amazing. going fast? You know, it's so strange how he does that. I go back to the outdoor series last year. Uh, the Lakewood National Race was very similar to that, where he was just, like, riding around back there, and you're like, is this guy ever going to do what he does? Like, yeah. he, he looks like he's riding at 70%. Uh, JT. Right. So everyone that we pick, everyone that said we were morons for picking for the title is probably saying right now, you, what, you see, this is what you get. This is what you get. Yeah. And they're right. They're probably right. Well, <laughs> big weekend for Roxton and Tomac this weekend in St. Louis. Big, perfect conditions, great dirt. Big weekend. Um, round two, must win. Tomac. Must win round two. Uh, must yeah, win. I don't know about must, must win. win. I'm not <laughs> panic mode for Tomac because he's always struggled in January. I mean, if he just can get through January decent, I don't think you can rule him out because when can you ever? That's just how he – I don't know why. It doesn't seem like there even needs to be a reason, or it can be multiple reasons, but yeah. January just doesn't go that well for him. Um, huh. I would like to see a little bit more flash from him, but Roxon, I think, the fitness-wise, I'm going to be very, very attentive to see to see what we get. Um, JT, you should have saw Wagan in the press box. The, the number ten. Went, oh. He just, he just, <laughs> he's like, oh, oh, I, I was. Uh, I thought it was D Field. I thought I thought we had all these all timers. I thought I thought things were going to be different. I I thought you know it's just like oh this guy. I couldn't even take. Well, him. you should tell him to tell him to be patient. And wait another couple hours. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't take the guy. But how many years would you hear someone's coming after McGrath? Oh, it's going to be Wyndham, or it's going to be Ezra, or it's going to be Emig, and yeah. it's going to be DV. And then what happens? You get to Anaheim, and he just rolls everybody. Same thing. Same, Same thing. Yeah, well. Same thing. Uh, well, he got eighth. He got eighth place, Weege. What about the main Weege? He, he fell, but he was up there. Awesome spots. Yeah, I, I know the fall cost him a couple positions, but to me, you could tell that he was either getting tired or tight or whatever you want to call it, like the gnarly track. Like <laughs> tired. Or the tight. pace was starting to. The pace was starting to to go away. Yeah, uh, and then you and I texted him a little bit, and it did seem like that track with the tight rutted corners and all that was just like an energy sapper and it definitely seems like it got to him so uh yeah i don't know i don't know what a long main event the heat heat race and triple crowns that might be where we do our best damage. yeah yeah but the heat race at the a1 was still a statement though huh weech I, I don't know why everybody continues to doubt him i mean like i said i know ezra's coming how, i know Wyndham's coming it's just mcgrath's world what are you gonna do how about thing, guys. how about like Team Fry, Anton, myself, probably a couple other guys. We're all standing in the tunnel for track walk. And Brayton's like, excuse me, guys, excuse me, guys. And he reaches. Yes. Wygant, good to see you, Jason Wygant. Shakes his hand and just keeps rolling, just keeps walking. That's right. That, that, that's, Ignore that's, you guys. That's the level where Brayton <laughs> and Wygant are at. Yep. So. All well, we do is win races. Yeah, all we do. Yep. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. If your your girlfriend or wife is standing with a group of girls, you go talk to her and only look at her and then keep it moving. It's the same thing. Ah, <laughs> uh, boy, I'll that. I'll tell you this though. What? Uh, like, I'm I'm just going to assume that Honda's not breaking the bank, paying Brayton in this, yeah, in this yeah, spot. Yeah, um, I think you're right. I think you'd already, be right. Yeah, right. I, I mean, it's already paying off. Like JT said all the time, heat races, good starts, run up front. That's pretty much what you're looking for, unless you're paying a million dollars, and then you need to get to win titles. Yeah, but otherwise, wow. this is like the ideal thing. I, I wonder if JT can't even look at Brayton sort of uh, with happiness at all, 
because of the giant Honda wing on the jersey and the small little fly logo. <laughs> I mean, could that Honda thing get any bigger? I mean. Don't tempt them. I mean, come on, Honda. I get it. You're paying his salary, but good God. Even Roxon too, like the Fox wasn't there. You know, like it's just. Like, wow. Yeah, it's, it's not a whole lot different than it's ever been. It used to be a Red Bull logo when they were sponsored by Red Bull. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Yeah. It's always something. Um, but as far as Brayton, I thought it was I thought it was great. The, it just seemed like in the main event, once he got past the first time, it was like the dam broke. You know, it was like, oh boy, here we go. Because he had he held everybody back there, and it was like as soon as one guy got him, it was like, oh no. Yeah. And then uh, unfortunately, Anderson got up the inside of him where he didn't he didn't feel him there. But you you almost felt like he was going to end up where he did, regardless of the tip over or not. Uh Mookie, good. Mookie good? Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, it wasn't it wasn't Mookie fever, you know, but it was, uh, I mean, he qualified, what, fourth? So, decent day. Um, wow. But, yeah, he didn't He didn't get the starts that you need to really flash in the races. I had Mookie fever when I watched him in the whoops in practice. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Vince Fries is your first whole shot winner of the year. Weege? Vince Fries. Yeah, and I don't think that's a surprise. Um, I mean, in the heat race, too. Didn't he get a whole shot in the heat? Yeah, I think he did. Yep. Yeah. I mean, JT's gone on about this a million times. Like, he just – he has starts dialed. He really has starts dialed. Um, and I feel bad saying that he was the chicane out there holding those guys up because I will say it was probably half of the speed differential that it used to be if Freezy started ahead of these guys. Like, before it was probably the most frustrating thing on earth. Now it's probably just a little frustrating. He's not – He's so much closer, I feel, to their speed than he used to be. He's not there, mm-hmm. but it's not as over the top. Like, he has improved quite a bit, I feel. Uh, MCR went uh, 9, 10, 11. And in other news, I'm getting closer to a hot tub. There, were, there was a breakthrough this weekend with my Bullfrog Spas. So stay tuned for that, everybody. Um, what about Hill? Anything about Hill? I was impressed with Hill. You were? I thought he'd be. Yeah. Oh, okay. JT? Yeah, I thought he was frisky. I thought he was racy. I thought he was aggressive. And I, I usually criticize him wow. for not doing those kind of things. Do you think J-Bone was like, finally, yes, and then was like, oh, shit, wait, he's not on my team anymore? <laughs> uh, that's probably happened a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, too, too soon, Weege. It's A1. Too soon for the JGR shot. You know, you know how they're a little lucky? I don't think people remember that Mookie was on JGR in 2018. You don't think people remember? No? I don't think they do. Like, it wasn't high profile. He kind of came on. Didn't he come on as, like, a replacement? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then it, it, he didn't really do anything spectacular. I don't think people noticed a massive jump. Like, man, he's really good now. Came when he switched to MCR. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people remember exactly right. he was on JGR the previous year. So uh, I think that saves him a little bit. Where are you at with Hill? Are you on Weege's level, JT? I thought it was okay. I, we've certainly seen worse, you know, it just seems like we have this unrealistic expectation of Tampa. I mean, that's what always comes back, right? Oh, it's, is it going to be Tampa? And those three laps of glory that he had in or whatever they were. So to have a happy medium there is a good start. You know, he, he was racy, got in. He was getting aggressive with, with AC, as he said, for whatever reason. But, yeah, he looked good all day, qualified well, uh, looked fast. So you just want to see – some of that flash that he had, because it seemed to go missing. It was just gone. It was there, and then it was gone. So to get a little bit of that back was good. 
Uh, I do think that he's going to be reliant on good starts. If you see him at the front on the first lap, I think you're going to get some some serious uh, aggression from him, and he's going to try hard. But I wonder if he starts 14th, what it's going to look like during that main event. So we'll just have to we'll play by ear. Uh, AP was, uh, I th- I mean, he needed a good A one. I was he almost didn't qualify. You know, all of a sudden, you know, he did the factory rider thing. Where it's like I really got to bear down here in the LCQ, like scrub stuff, attack stuff to get by these guys. Um, but I think if you're Aaron Pleasanger and you go down the heat race and you twist your foot all up and 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 tape it up and and then uh, you know then you limp to the LCQ and you barely get in, you'll take that twelfth JT all day long. I don't know, man. I I, I was not big on Aaron today. Um, but considering how it went, no? I don't know. It just I didn't see really much throughout the day that had me super excited. I mean, he qualified 14th. Uh, that's not anything to write home about. I don't know. Wow, okay. okay. All right. I, I mean, tell me, tell me something that I should be excited about. I mean, I don't – no, I don't know. The, the LCQ ride? Yeah, it was okay. I, I'm not hating him. I don't think he's. They should fire him or anything. Right. I just. I think he is in a situation where he had a really tough 2019, and he really needed to come out and just just show show something. Show one great lap. Show, get a good start somewhere. I understand first turn crashes happen, and and he's probably lucky that he didn't get hurt worse. I was just a little, a little down on his day. Um, it just wasn't what I was hoping he for him. Right. I was hoping he would come out and make a statement and be like, oh, yeah, see, he's pretty good. I was it, talk- just, it just wasn't a great day for him. I was him. talking to somebody at Yamaha after the race, and they said, yeah, he, he brings a guy to the race to help him out with, you know, different stuff, his body and everything, and then uh, uh, he hurts his foot, and the guy's nowhere to be found, and, the, and, the, the, and then they tape his foot up so tight he can barely move it. He's like, when you need the guy, he's not here. I'm like, oh, yeah, all right, perfect. Um, <laughs> I'm a little confused on one thing. Did you like I, Barsha wasn't taking a shot at anybody, but Barsha said over and over press day and after the race, like I'm my own test rider. We don't have a test rider. I had to ride so many laps. Like where was Plessinger in this? Is it just because Barsha's style is unique and nothing Plessinger does applies? I was a little confused. There was like no mention of the teammate. <laughs> Plus, it's a bike so much better. Ah, finally, it was only for one guy. Tomac finally has a good teammate. So, uh, poor Savachi. <laughs> poor Savachi. Poor Savachi. <laughs> Yep. Uh, um, Dean Wilson and Osborne, uh, you know, look, uh, 13th and 14th. JT, you touched on Osborne. Dino is way behind uh, due to the injury. So take that and move on, right, for both of them. Yeah, it was uh, it was rough and tumble day. Um, Dino was pretty good. I, I'll, if you're Dino, I, I think you're – you're okay with that. You, I don't think you had any expectation whatsoever. Just being able to line up at A1 was a win. So, um, I mean, for Zacho, God, what a tough day. Uh, but, yeah, it's, like I said, man, I, I make a rule of not drawing hard conclusions from A1 mm-hmm. because it just seems like you make yourself look foolish if you do that. What do you think of uh, Marty's day, Weege? Oh, God. Uh. Oh, God, Marty. <laughs> he oh, makes it interesting. Man. Yeah, uh, I'll put it that way. I mean, it was unbelievable. I, I, I was really worried. He spent his whole life, and so have you, wanting him to race the 450 class. And I'm like, I'm not sure he's going to make it. I'm not sure he's going to make it to the night show. What, what the hell? My whole life was about January 4th. 
Yeah. <laughs> he crashed so much. It was so wild. He, you know what I feel? Yeah. I feel like maybe the 450 is a lot of power. Maybe he maybe he should race the 250 class. <laughs> he, they need to change the bore and stroke. <laughs> there was a little bit too much bore and a little bit too much stroke. <laughs> it was everything. He lost the front end, like, I'm not kidding you, three laps into the, into the first, first practice of the year. Oh, yes, yes, I, and then he and he sent his bike flying across the stadium in practice, cartwheeling, yep. and then he also yep. lost a muffler that flew into a net. Someone told me. So, the muffler. Uh, yep. Well, shooting his bike through the stadium was one of the. I, I wish somebody. I hope somebody got a picture of it. It will be could be one of the most iconic photos of all time. His bike was as tall or as high as the uh, scoring tower is tall. That's how high it was. Then oh the next practice, his muffler somehow came loose and then was like a, a catapult. Like if you were watching uh, some sort of medieval times movie where they catapult, yeah. you know, a fireball, <laughs> that's what his muffler did all the way across the stadium. And I was waiting for a ref to yell foul ball. That's what it looked like flying through Anaheim baseball stadium and just, Luckily, landed on the side of the track harmlessly, but you've got this, you know, three foot long muffler right. flying 30 he, yards through the air. But <laughs> it was one of the most eventful days of qualifying I've ever seen in my life. He and then he f- crashes on the first lap and is dead, dead last in the main event. So, onward and upward, Marty. We'll get this. We'll get this. It's just wow. One point out of double points on Pulp Mix Fantasy, too. One position, by the way. I just want to point that out as well. Um, yeah. All right, Chad Reed, JT. It was okay. I talked to him yesterday, and uh, I don't think he was thrilled with how it went at all. Yeah. Goes down. Goes down in the first turn of the heat, which was he really didn't want to have to do that. He didn't want to go to the LCQ again because it just gives the naysayers something to talk about and adds more laps to his night, which he doesn't need right now. And uh, yeah, the main event wasn't wasn't he- awesome. You know, he's bat- battling with Chisholm back there. It wasn't wasn't anything that he was hoping for. So I think his biggest thing, and it's funny, I mentioned to him that said, like there were people around me going crazy, like screaming for him, which pretty standard for Chad Reed, right? And uh, his response was, well, I actually need to give them something to scream about. So I don't think he was all that thrilled with how it went. Him and Chiz on track, track walk after track walk were debating on who's got less prep going in. And I'm just like, <laughs> this is not good. Like they're laughing about this. Well, they were – they were able to battle that out right. together right. during the main event. You know what, though? I, I said that I was worried about him not making mains, right, and just kind of tarnishing, you know, because he's that underprepared. But he's fine. He's mm-hmm. Yeah, he's fine. Like, like he's better than 18. He's, you know what I mean? He's well, better. the whole thing, yeah, the yeah. whole thing is uh, he's going to get better and the field's going to get thinner. Mm-hmm. So it's going to work in his favor. What do you think, Weech? Yeah, I'm with you, Steve. Uh, I feel like this is about as bad as you could expect it to go, and he still made the main. I mean, LCQ isn't safe, but it wasn't. He didn't come down to the last lap like it did for some other riders. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like, and he had to crash in the heat. I feel like it's, the situation isn't going to get worse, and he already made it in. So, yes, I agree. Uh, I'm actually a little encouraged uh, by it. It is funny, though, to see Chad, like, in a situation. He doesn't want to not make mains. Obviously, that's bad. But it took like 20 years to finally get to the Chad Reed of like, he knows he's not winning races anymore. He finally, <laughs> finally, finally sunk in. Yeah. Um, 
I, I think even last year he probably came in with a little like, oh, I can still be podium guy. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, yeah, he was. I think yeah, now he, he knows he's here right. for one reason only. He's riding it out. Freddie Norton and, and uh, Dakotas? Uh, Coy was there, though. I mean, that was good. It's good to they see made, Coy. They both made the main event. Yes. They both made the main event. Yes. That, that was, to me, to me, that was a win. I, I know the results aren't good. Like, if you want to look at it that way, sure, okay, whatever, disappointing. But to have both of those guys in the main event at A1, I, I thought it was a success. Freddie qualified 16th. That's fine. That's good. Right. That's better than fine. That's good, in my opinion. Right. He didn't look uh, – it wasn't scary or sketchy either. He looked okay. Jimmy D looked very tired. Yeah, Does I'll agree to you. <laughs> Not shocking. But I hope he's okay. Yeah. He looked very tired. I just put that out there. Um, yeah, it was a t- that was a tough track. I mean, that track took a lot out of guys, I think, both being super rough and re- really technical as far as the jumps were not easy to do just lap after lap. So I think he'll it'll get better for him. But let's keep in mind, that's really his first 21-minute race, you know. So uh, he should if he keeps making main events, that will get easier. Blows, of course. I just feel bad that when you get last in the, the 21st and 22nd in the main is usually just a result of some chaos. You know, yeah. you never have a main event where all 22 guys have oh, everything Oh, trust right. me. My Pulpum X Fantasy depended on some big names crashing out or having issues, and it didn't happen. <laughs> it didn't happen. That's, that, was, that was weird. We didn't have any of that go on. Nothing. None of the DNF. Nothing. crash and Yeah. Yep. Right. So, in the end, in it. To have both of your riders on the team end up in those two spots, which are kind of random. It's kind of random who gets 21st and 22nd, and then that's what the two spots that JGR the guys get. I'm just like, oh, God, these poor guys. Good to see Coy there. We saw Coy Gibbs, and immediately he's just ripping into Wygant. Just starts ripping into him. Just, I love it. It's great. He did. The, yeah. the pants-shoe combo he yeah. did not agree with. Yeah, yeah. He's just like, look at you. What are you doing? What are you, look, yeah. what are we wearing? <laughs> it's and then you, uh, you, uh, tell the story. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what I wanted. Yeah, yeah. The best story I heard all day was I, I don't know why a team owner, a multimillionaire, the son of a legend, uh, is filming practice for the team's riders. Like, that, I don't understand that part. Do, do any of you get understand that part or no? Like, no. Okay, no, yeah. yeah well, right. He so, always has done it, though. Oh, he, he has. Races, he always filmed. Okay, yeah. all right. So this is something yeah. that, he, that he enjoys. So, yeah. So he filmed the guys at A1 and uh, then promptly uh, deleted the video before he could get it hooked up. <laughs> Somehow fumbling with his sausage fingers that he has, uh, he, couldn't, uh, he couldn't figure it out. He deleted the video. Good job, Coy. Good job. <laughs> oh, Do you think that this could possibly have been strategy? Like maybe the video was so bad. He's well, like, I'm just going to delete it. He'll tell you he that. That's what he would flip this around to, right? We each 100%. He'd right. flip it around that he meant to do that. Yeah, it was so bad that he didn't want him to see it or something right, like that. Right, right. Yeah. Psych yeah. him out. Um, all right. Um, let's. Uh, anything else about 450s? Anything else? Chris Blos, uh just getting in, of course. Chiz, four rides on the Yamaha. Chiz gets in. Uh, poor Kyle Cunningham. Third to fifth in the last <laughs> lap. Oh, Kyle. Oh my God, that was the heartbreak of the night. Bowers told he me blew after it. Bowers, he blew it though. Bowers told me after the race that he thought they only took two, so he was just riding around, and then Come he saw on. what. I'm with Come you guys. On. I'm with you guys, and I, I had dinner with uh, Nicoletti last night, and Nicoletti had the exact same response as you two. There's no way. 
I don't know. He said that he saw he thought they only took two, so he was out of it. And then his pit board said need one more, and he was like, "What? Only one more?" And then that's when he hit nitro. I like Tyler, it but it didn't look like that. It, yeah. that's what I'm saying. I don't believe either, but it did look like that because he was I, just riding. I, I don't buy it. That's fine. I, I just don't buy it. That's okay. Hey, whatever. He he got it done. Period. But I I'm not buying that story. <laughs> okay. All right. So. All right, let's go into uh, let's go into two fifties uh, fly racing uh, racer X podcast show presented by the folks at Renthal and Maxis as well. Uh, Maxis tires, Alex Ray using Maxis out there this weekend. Uh, also Renthal, of course, Renthal swept the night. Uh, what else is new for those guys? Uh, Renthal and thanks to Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Uh, yeah, looking good, JT, with that giant Honda wing on Brayton's on Brayton's gear. Real, real great, fantastic. Yeah, you know, you know the only the only. <laughs> upside to that is that i had a bunch of people email and and hit me up and ask where they could buy that gear at okay well that's good i guess so, yeah yeah got people talking <laughs> right right uh and also thanks to the folks at race tech race tech a big part of the fxr chaparral team that came out that debuted this weekend with michael Lindsay and, and chris blow so racetech.com uh please check them out on the web uh, get your motor work done get suspension work done from the folks at race tech pulp 19 is the code to save with those guys so thanks to them for happening um all right, 250s, let's go into that. Um, first of all, why why does Forkner or Savachi in New York or, like, many other riders, why do they think it's okay to do what they – to do that? I don't, I, don't, I don't understand. Like, you crash and your bike is pointed the right way, but you just decide that you're, you're going to go. You're, you don't need to go on the, on the track. I, I – Two two spot penalty for him. I get it. Uh, I don't know what Forkner's thinking there. Uh, yeah, it looked unbelievably bad. Um, but uh, I, I, the only thing I can say, and this is like maybe a ten percent chance this is true. Could he not see like over the jumps coming toward him and just is like, dude, I have no idea if I'm going to get landed on. I just need to get out of here. Is that possible? No. No. Okay. I don't believe so. I don't. I don't. I don't know. No, it was like one more, one, one, two more uh, rolls on the inside. You're on the far inside. No one's going to land on you. Yeah. The only possible reason, JT, I know you got to go to you, so I'd rather let you weigh in on this first. I don't know. I think after last <laughs> summer, when you saw all the Cincerillo and Justin Cooper and all that stuff, I think you have to make sure you do everything you can to come back on the track in the right place. You know that they're not going to have any leniency anymore. They've They've made that very clear, you know, and whether it's different sanctioning bodies or different people making the decision, that that line in the sand has been drawn. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I just think it was a poor decision made in the moment in a full, you know, it's full panic at that point. He just gave away or what he's assuming gave away a race win. He's probably not thinking very clearly. I've I've crashed a lot, and so have you, JT, and you've actually crashed in Supercrosses and, motoc- and Motocross Nationals. Like, why are you thinking that's okay? I don't, I I just, I honestly can only point to full panic. Like he just lost the race and he knows it. And I don't, I just don't think he's, he's in the right frame of mind to make a smart decision there. Are you, it's it's just full panic. Are you okay with the penalty? I would have probably docked him one. Uh, Yeah, me too. I think that's really what the difference was. I don't think it needed to be two. To me, if you're doing two, you're trying to prove a point. 
because you can't possibly think that he was going to get fifth in the race. Right. Oseman was never going to beat him in that race regardless. He could have sat there and done donuts for, for a little bit, right. and he wasn't going to get fifth. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. Um, well, I had the rule, uh, Chris Bond, our uh, TV producer, who we know, um, he uh, sent me the rule. I guess it's actually been revised a bit this year. And the, the penalty is essentially what you gained and one more, um, which is fairly clear, except, you know, some could probably he didn't gain one, though, with, in my opinion. Right, that's exactly, that's what the debate is. Forkner is saying, I gave up a position. I let Ferrandez go by me. I lost the spot. But you could make the argument that Craig would have gotten him, and thus he did still gain a position. That's, that's the hard part to figure out. But the rule is what you gained and one more. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, he let Ferrandez by, and then uh, he should have got one more. So, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, but they're saying, I guess, Craig would have gotten him, so he gets one more on top of that, right. I, I suppose. Um, honestly, uh, I still saw a big crash from him in practice, and I didn't see as much speed as last year for Forkner. It's only one race, so we'll all calm down, but I think he let me down a little I, bit. Not for me. Not no? Well, okay. Practice, yes. I'm, but only because of the huge crash. When he ate poop in practice there, I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. So for him to rebound the way he did, uh, I was impressed with that that uh, was a pretty clear signal that he's ready. Okay, and okay, okay. I mean, without that without that mistake, he probably wins the race, right? So I, I thought it was pretty good. Okay. I, I was actually pretty optimistic with his day. Cooper reeled him in twice in the main. Okay. Last year, yep. Cooper never reeled him in. Well, maybe he did, but... Uh, he, I think Cooper was better, though. I don't think that was necessarily a knock against Forkner. I don't think Forkner is at the same exact, you know, like... 100% that he was last year. He was right. he was really ready last year. But I think he's absolutely capable of winning races and being in this title fight. And I think he's going to get better, too. Oh, you know, we got no. to remember, he hasn't raced a dirt bike since April. Yeah, no, he he's going to win races and be in this title fight, but he still was worse than I thought. Well, think about not racing a dirt bike since April. That's, that has to have some sort of lingering rust effect, right? That, in my opinion, it, right, it would. right. Um, Star Yamaha, one, two, Weege. Yeah, they're really good, and uh, what a night overall. Steve, you just want to crow on uh, or, or shout about Blue Crew? Like, yeah, amazing, well, yeah. amazing night for Blue Crew. Um, that's what these bikes, yeah. that's what these machines will do. I wish I got a chance to test one, uh, which was, <laughs> you know, was supposed to happen. I even brought Yamaha brass over to the Star Truck to, to corner Will Hahn, but that didn't happen. Um, wow. He was in a That's meeting. Big for Cooper. Big. Big for Cooper. Cooper. Big for Cooper. It was. Cooper it was. is the uh, most unlikely guy to be getting his first win. Like, you would, he's been so good. I know, right? Like, his well, entire career. We, you keep being surprised that he hasn't won race. I turned to you in the press box. I'm like, this is his first win, right? Like, because I was kind of like, what? Wait. It seems weird. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. And he's won one national. Like, he's been... He's been good in practically every professional race he's been in. Yep. Uh, like Adam, seeing Cirillo, Ferrandis was my guy. He looked so good in practice, JT. And he just – he would have won the race had he gotten the start. Ferrandis might yeah, be – Yeah, he'll be fine. Ferrandis might be better than everybody else on this coast. I think so. I think week in and week out – I, I, even with Justin Cooper being way better than I expected and winning his first race and all that, I still 
I still think the best two guys are Forkner and Fernandez. And maybe Justin Cooper makes me eat my words. I'm totally okay with that. I, I don't care. I, I'm not a fan of any of these guys or associated with any of them. So if that happens, so be it. Uh, but I still think that Forkner and Fernandez are the, are the two. What do you think, Weege? Yeah, he was, but unfortunately, I, I think we said in our, uh, what's it called, Fly Racing Radio? Uh, it's the Pulp Show. It's just called the Pulp yeah. Show. Yeah, Fly Racing Radio. No, I don't believe it is. Yep. The Fly Racing Radio Show. Fernandez looks so good in practice that both JT and I thought, look, sometimes he blows the start, but I think he could come from eighth and still win. But he could not. And now you're back to the same problem last year where he might have his starts were better. And Supercross, he was going to lose if St. Cerlo didn't blow it, really because of starts. So to me, it's still concerning. Like, he still has this problem, and he's really good, but he just proved he can't overcome it. If he gets a bad start, he's not going to win. Right. big problem. Christian Craig was good, good, good for Craig. He got the, he get the third place now because of the penalty, and he was good. He's a tick off those guys, but for he's had some garbage years. I don't know if you people have noticed, but like <laughs> yep. he needs he needs to get back up. And so, well, to, and to me, the big thing with Christian Craig was he did not seem like he was suffering from the mental, just you know, um, difficulties that he was last year. He seemed like he was not in a good place to be racing a dirt bike. You know, and, and we obviously know now some of the things he was challenged with. Uh, but he just looked like a different person from the first lap of the first practice all the way through the race. Yeah, maybe he's not going to be your champion this year, but he's certainly relevant again. And he's certainly yeah. a podium-level guy again. Yeah. So that was good to see. Yeah, relevancy and podium-level guy. That's a big step yep. from where he's been. So, yep. uh, All right, JT, you got to go? Yes. All right. Thanks for thanks for calling right. in. Fly Racing, own Jason Thomas. Thanks, guys. All right. That's that, that's Jason Thomas. Uh, Weege will talk a little bit more about um, the 250 class. What do you think of Ramit? Uh, Ramit, I re- I thought Ramit looked awesome. Yeah, yeah, McAdoo. I thought he looked really fast. It's unfortunate it's just a numbers game. In the end, he gets six, which I'm sure no one would be like, wow. But you got to look at the five riders who were ahead of him, and I don't think you'd necessarily say that he should. You know, maybe Moseman has to be beating. Yeah, maybe yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. him and Moseman yeah. are similar, but it's not like, dude, you no, shouldn't be yeah. getting beaten by Moseman. Nope. Um, so, so good job for for Ramon. I just thought he looked good. He's come so far, dude. Remember, like two years ago, like he would, he was like a baby A Ray. Like <laughs> he would send it in Supercross. It wasn't as extreme as A Ray, but there were a lot of sketchy moments. Like you can tell, McAdoo tries hard. Um, yeah. He's, I think he's cleaned a lot of that up. I, I was impressed. Sneaky good was Brandon Hartraff. Came from like 15th off the start. Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I had high expectations for him going into the main, and then that start blew it. But uh, TLD needs somebody to do something. And I really thought uh, Drake looked pretty good to be in practice yep. also. Like, yep. they, they both look sharper or about as good in practice as you would want them to be. So maybe they got something going here. Troll Train made a mistake. Was top five, made a mistake. Uh, uh, Troll Train. What was um, – I I was down um, doing laps of the stadium, as it turned out, during opening ceremonies, just trying to figure out – I got lost. Yeah. Um, I was down talking to our buddy Jeremy Malott from Red Bull, Aaron Anderson from Feld. We watched opening ceremonies from down in the tunnel, which is always cool. And then I could not figure out how to get back upstairs. Uh, so I missed the first lap of the first heat race of the year, and I come up, and there's Amar with the lead. Yes, just up. What was your reaction? Ah, oh, I just was just like with you and Braden. I'm like, we're starting this off right. Here we go. Yeah. 
pulled a, pulled a massive yeah. hole shot on on the RMZ. So. Oh yeah, yeah I he, saw Soto today. I was like, dude, he was like two bike lengths. Yeah. Like, right out of the gate. Oh yeah, phenomenal start to the year. Uh, Jet Lawrence, he's exciting, good and bad. Jet Lawrence is very exciting, but he'll take yeah, that. He'll take that night. That. What were What were you seeing? I was I seeing. I see some of the exciting. I was seeing yeah. mistakes and then passing yeah. the same guys and then a mistake and then end up passing the uh, same guys. Yes. Oh, yep. Okay. Yep. Um, so the very forthcoming young Aussie I was telling everyone he didn't just have food poisoning. It was literally traced to a Chick Fil A sandwich. Um, oh. Oh. Which. Oh. Imagine that. I, I, I didn't. I didn't know that that was. I did. Yeah. You probably have your own thoughts on that. <laughs> uh, I just didn't know, like, is Chick Fil A part of the race program? Like, should you be having Chick Fil A on Thursday before your first? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it was grilled. Maybe it was. Yeah, grilled. yeah, exactly. It could be right. Yeah, I, I thought that was funny. Um, like, uh, Johnny O'Mara, was he recommending this? Uh, so he had food poisoning. I think considering that and the rookie race, you know, first race ever. Yeah. Uh, ninth, I thought it was pretty good. Yep. No, I think I think he'll take it. I think the team will take it. Right. All of that. Um, Michael Lieb was good. Coming out of nowhere. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Damn. Yeah, he was pretty good. Um, I've always felt bad for Lieb. He's almost in like that Kyle Cunningham type stage where he's not as – they're way worse than him. Yeah. But he's not so much better where you're like, you got to give this guy yeah, a yeah. ride. He's like writing – he's definitely better than most of his peers. Uh. You know, he's never been a joke, Lee. No, but, no. Ah. But hey. he never quite does just he never quite did enough to also be like, dude, why is this guy not signed? Right, right. Um I hope you're sitting down, but uh Freckle Oldenburg was uh, uh was really fast and uh then he made then he crashed, then he made some mistakes. I know, man. I know. And uh where where is he in the uh the the Mount Rushmore of Pulp Fantasy. Oh, he's right up there. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's he's right up there. I mean, he's got his own <laughs> his own wing uh, on there at the museum. Uh, he's very difficult to resist. Uh, and uh, of course, he was on the Aussie Honda team, Penrite Honda, and uh, Clout was also his teammate. Clout was also fast and, and crashed as well. So, yeah, I think they had they both were going to be top ten. It was like running what yep. say fifth and ninth at one point. Something like um, that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and then Cloud just had everything go wrong, and then he ended up uh, not even finishing. Uh, but I, I was pretty encouraged. Cloud was terrible in the whoops. He was so bad in the whoops. So I thought to myself, dude, he must be really fast on every other part of the track. Yeah. Um, I, I swear to God, Steve, unfortunately, I saw Cloud go to the whoops. I'm like, oh, it's not going well. I was assuming maybe he was lapped, and I looked, and I'm like, no, he actually is in ninth. Right, right. Um, he must be really fast everywhere else, but then it didn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shout out to Wageman and Auberson, a couple of good privateer guys doing well. Um, yeah. Mitchell Falk is uh, just a privateer, I guess. Is Mitchell Falk on a team? Uh, yeah, that's a great question to ask. Number 60, done a Honda, right? Yep. yep. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was not brought back by TLD, so we'll have to look into that. How about Howell's move on Koga in the LCQ? Ah, so good. Oh, uh, <laughs> so good. You cannot... The way that turn was set up, there was no way to make a pass, and he managed to make he, he made it happen. Yep. Poor Koga. Yeah, we were excited. I, you know, and I think you said right then, that's why the LCQ has got to be on TV at Triple Crown. Yep, always. Yep. Always. And the 451, Ed Cunningham, 
you know, yeah. two last lap passes. Oh, yeah. Stuff's always good. Yeah. And, yeah. and you were sitting next to Hansel, Cunningham's number one fan. Oh, uh, yes. We have the number one Kyle Cunningham fan working for us at Racer X. And it just – Cunningham's a really good rider, but it just seems like something always works out. Mm-hmm. You know, Cunningham always gets – he's the guy that Josh Hill beat on an Alta in uh, straight rhythm. Yeah, yeah. Just little stuff like that. Right, right, right. Poor Kyle. Yeah. Um, hey, before we wrap this up, uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Maxis and Renthal. Um, also, Weege, so, like, Ralph didn't call the race, right? It was Lee Duffy. Diffy, sorry, Lee Diffy. Um, yeah. And, dude, you people out there, you people, like, all you do is bitch about Ralph over and over and over. And then yeah. Ralph's gone, and all you people bitch about is the the, the, the new guy. I just <laughs> and I tweeted this out yesterday. Like Jesus could be in the booth, and you people would complain. Like, God, yeah. dude, my social media was full of "Where's Ralph? Where's Ralph?" And I, I feel like saying, all you people complain about is the red Hondas and lighting the candles. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just amazing. I totally agree. Yeah, somebody somebody sent uh, like a screenshot of. Oh, and RC in the booth from, like, you know, I guess two years ago and said, like, bring the dream team back. And I'm like, all, all everybody did was rip these guys. <laughs> the dream team, right. The dream team. All you did was rip these guys. I but know. same thing, last year, people were so mad that Fro was out after 10 years of just relentlessly ripping Fro. <laughs> oh, God. And then everybody's uh, like, who's this, yeah. who's this guy? Who's this foreigner? Who's this guy? Like, it's like, yeah. the guy's, Lee's been around for 20 years. Yeah, so I will just, just for clarification purposes, like the whole thing is Lee Diffie is NBC's guy. Uh, and he Motorsports guy. You, you broke up there. Motorsports guy, yes. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Motorsports, yeah, yeah. He's not he's not Al Michaels doing Sunday night uh, NFL. But, yeah, he's, he did Formula One forever for them. Now he's IndyCar, sports cars. He'll do some NASCAR. And when you're really, really good, like I haven't gotten the phone call for this, they take their best of the best to do the Olympics every four years. And Lee Diffie will do that. He's really, really good. So I know to most fans are like, who's this guy? But in NBC's parlance, I think it was like, we're giving Supercross our number one guy. We have him do the Olympics. Yep. We're having him do Supercross. I think it was meant as a sign of respect. Ralph, by the way, will be back uh, for round four because Lee Diffie has to do the 24-hour Rolex uh, sports car race, and I think Ralph's back for the rest of the season, so don't freak out. You will get the I just, well, one half of the dream team back. Sorry about you, Pro. You people, you you people with your... It was... Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You know, it was funny. Obviously, this is a subject close to me. I, I thought there was a time I thought I might get the Supercross gig uh, last year, and I believe one of the arguments as they were changing networks is, you know, people get used to hearing one voice, and maybe they just want to stick with that, and we actually saw proof that even if people didn't, even if it was love hate, and we definitely saw a lot of both. But Ralph, yeah. the moment he was no, the familiar Dude. voice they were used to was not there. They were so mad. God, all Ralph does is get lit up on my. And I like Ralph. I like Ralph. Oh, I know you're. <laughs> team, you are Team Ralph. I don't know if I'm Team Ralph, but I like Ralph. And uh, uh, all, all he does is get lit up on my Twitter feed, and then he's gone, yeah. and it's just like. <laughs> It's just, 100%. I just, I love it. It's great. You you people are great. You'll complain about anybody and anything in the booth. That, that's all that matters. So I actually thought Ricky was good. I, I or better. Okay. I did. I, I thought he was better. I haven't gone back and I okay. haven't watched shows. Right, right. That's not me saying I disagree. That's me saying I don't know. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, another, yeah. another thing we want to touch on is, so Bernard Kerr, this, this uh, Maxis oh. supported mountain bike rider, 
Uh, we've all been following him on social media, and he was going to race Anaheim, and he got the approval from FIM, and then he got shut down uh, coming in. And uh, I mean, I look, it, I don't know how he would have, he wouldn't have qualified for the night show looking at the guys who, like, Kate Clayson was 40th. Kate Clayson was 40th. Wow. So, you wow. know. Yeah. Um, but. You know, I just he spent all this money and he was told he could race, and then to get shut down is a little bit weird. I don't get that. I but I don't know the whole story. So, but Bernard Kerr was yeah. a topic for sure. He he came to our uh, yeah. He's a downhill mountain biker. Is that yeah, yeah, right? yeah. World yeah. World Cup downhill mountain yep. biker. Yeah. And he came to our um, live show on Friday, which we'll talk about here in a minute. And uh, so I did get to talk to him a little bit, but obviously I'm only hearing his side uh, of the story. He says that John Gallagher yelled at him. I, I, I don't think I need to hear the other side to believe that. That's probably he <laughs> no, no. probably to get yelled at. What he thinks is, and again, this is just his side. He th- he he kind of got in. He got an FIM license through, I think, doing something in Europe. And you know, it's not the normal protocol, but maybe maybe the, you know he does have an FIM license, and he was told if he had one, he's good to go. Um, so his at least theory was, if I do it this way, it opens a that they're afraid it opens a door for other, you know, some rando mini bike dad's going to do the same thing. You know, well, pretend you move your kid to Ireland or something for a month, get an FIM license, come back and be like, no road to Supercross, we're good to go. Yeah, the whole thing, I, I love it because it was exploiting that stupid loophole in the stupid road to Supercross rules. You know? Right, that Dylan Ferrandis never had to ride for or, Supercross. Or, or anybody else, probably Auberson or who knows, all these guys. Yeah, yeah Luke yeah. Cloud. Right, uh, yeah, right. I mean, you could say Ferrandis is world class, but the problem is that's hard to it's hard to define on paper. Right. Maybe you could say if you want a GP. All right, just take Ferrandis out of the argument. Okay, yes, Clout. They were like, Clout, whatever. Clout. Uh, who, who, the uh, Aaron Tanty you had on your fantasy yes. team, the Australian, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't think these guys did Road to Supercross. Of course not. No, yeah. And, no. Th- and they right. just showed up and raced, so. Yeah, so I think they were, at least that was Kerr's explanation where he thought it would show other people like, oh, there's this a way around. You can do this. And they didn't want him to be the example. I don't know. That's then, fix, then fix your rules. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't fix know. That, the, that, it, the whole thing is dumb in yeah. the first place, and the whole thing is just made to prop up uh, an amateur series or prop up Arena Cross beforehand, and and that's why. And now they're doing it, and then they're just going to shut a guy down. I didn't like it. I don't like it. it shut him down. I, I'm all for not letting him ride. Like, I get that. But do it do it a long time ago. That's all. Yeah, you had to have known it was coming. Of I course. Mean, they, were not, they were not doing this secretly. Right. So once imagine that the FIM jacks something up that the AMA doesn't like or whatever. So uh, yeah, ridiculous. Um, hey, so also, have you heard, did you hear anything more about this FIM team managers meeting? Feld and everything. I'm trying to gather some more stuff here. I missed. No, the, no, I only I only heard what I heard from you. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. I, I missed the call right now on the show from somebody that was going to give me some more info on it. So oh, uh, oh, maybe I'll oh, I'll find out some more on the on the on the pulp show tonight. But I'm saving all the stuff for the pulp show. No, I'm I'm kidding. Oh, damn you! I was trying to find um, out. I had dinner with Phil. That's why I couldn't couldn't get all everything. Um, okay. uh, the live show. Uh, our apologies. Uh, yes. When they came. Yep. Uh, sorry you couldn't hear. Yeah. All I got for you. Not great audio stuff. Well, okay. Not great audio stuff, for sure. Thanks to the folks at the Cash though for hosting us. That's it's awesome, yeah. but not great yeah. audio stuff that they had to rent. And then also the noise of the crowd when when the crowd was quieted by you yelling at them, yeah. by you scolding yeah. them, uh, yeah, yeah, it actually sounded yell. it sounded okay. But then uh, then everyone started talking again. So yeah, 
Yeah, uh, everyone seemed to have a good time. I mean, it, the, the place reached out to us to catch, um, you know, it's kind of in the corner of the parking lot of the stadium. It's a pretty cool place. And it wasn't a theater like we normally do. And it was a bar and a restaurant. And even though the fans paid for tickets to ostensibly listen to us, they also just wanted to hang out at the bar and talk. So I guess everybody that I talked to said they had a good time, even though they couldn't hear us. That's a little odd to me. You know, the 30 bucks would have burned a hole. Oh, God, yeah. You uh, yeah. Um, thanks yeah. to uh, Davey Coombs and Phil and RV, of course, for coming on. For, and, for doing it. When when they're not listening to what Ryan Villapoto has to say, you know right. something's wrong. And this uh, this yeah. Friday we're doing it at the Moto Museum in St. Louis, everybody. So, yeah, look forward to seeing you there. Brock Glover will be one special guest. Then we got to get another one. So we'll work on that. We had we, – you and I did – I can't remember what it was. We did a, we did a show of some sort. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Moto Museum before. Yeah, live streaming uh, a show, but this is a uh, yeah, yeah, this is a little different. But so I'm I'm a little more confident. Are you that the audio will work? Yeah, will yeah, work. this is a built-in audio thing that they have built in already at the, at the place. So and we don't uh, we didn't record uh, the Friday night show. So just save us the questions you're going to ask. You're going to post that somewhere. Yeah, we're not. No, we're not. No, no that we're going to just pretend that one didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> All right, anything else, Weech, for from Anaheim 1? Here we go. The start of the uh, season kicks off. So, Yeah, uh, one interesting note I'm going to throw in. So I'm still out here in California. i got to do some stuff for, believe it or not, the straight rhythm is going to be on TV in a few weeks, and we actually have to record some additional announcing for it uh, tomorrow. So I'm still out here in California. And I can tell you that St. Louis Round 2 has definitely thrown some teams for a loop because Cooper Webb said he's going back to Florida because they want to ride the softer dirt. Um and no one is really riding today. There's just a big – some people left. Some people are riding till tomorrow. Um, having the soft dirt Eastern-style round two, not chaos, but a little little factor. Yeah. The place to leave California is, is pretty big, I think. You know, I never thought of that. St. Louis normally is really good dirt, but I wonder if it's worse now because of the, the time of the year. Oh. You know what I mean? Oh, like, normally St. Louis is great, but we're, we're in January, so – do we have yeah. do we have Anton? Can we call up Anton, our St. Louis expert? That's right. <laughs> is the dirt frozen? Yeah. So yeah, this uh, is it. This is why Anton well, made the move. He's got one race a year. Listen, this is big for Tomac and Roxon this weekend. I can't stress this enough. It it, it is. It's yeah. big for us too because we're the ones that pick Tomac, and we're not looking good right now. It's looking no. like same old. This is you get three of these a year. He's right. already got one. Right. I just want to end it. Everyone all hail 2020 Supercross champion Adam Cincerello. Just get ready for that. Whoa. <laughs> no, not yet. I'm Dude, not he there was yet. So good. He was so I, – I cannot explain the speed the speed differential. It was like Adam was A-plus and everybody else was A. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. It was crazy. And, and uh, yeah. I love the fact that he came out to Blink, which is something he tweeted He said, uh, five years ago. He tweeted that. You know? Uh, that was pretty good. Oh, yeah. I missed that. I heard you – talk about that in his interview i didn't see that tweet yeah he, so he found a tweet well no another a fan found it and then he and then he was yeah. like oh yeah so a fan found a tweet from five years ago that said he's coming out his first ever for the supercross race to what's my age again and then that he made oh, it happen. and he did and he did yeah so that was cool gosh no oh, that part yeah was cool. just impossible to not i i apologize sometimes uh not to adam but i should he's so good at everything that i feel like i have to like, look, if you want to make every interview good, you just talk to Adam every time. Yeah. You know, no, well, he, I feel like, yeah. After the race, he was mad at you when you came by when I was talking to him? Yes, I heard. Yeah, yeah. okay, you heard. All right, okay, good. Yeah. Because I said, uh, dude, the first two laps of that heat race were pretty gnarly, I thought. Yeah. 
Yeah, he, he, some, he saw your tweet. Yeah. Yes. I Look, my advice to all riders is stop reading our tweets. Like, that's not fair. Like, it's our job to say what we see. Yeah. And if he makes three big mistakes in two laps, I am going to tweet it. I'm sorry. Well, um, he was angry. But I do feel bad. I feel like he wasn't angry. Stop it. Um, Adam is so good. And he's been good for a long time and, and really good also with the press and media that I feel like I have to have some sort of balance of not just constantly saying he's awesome, he's the best. I probably don't give him enough credit or enough love just to try to not constantly be the guy who's just always saying he's awesome. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Right. No, I know. Yeah, like right. I don't want to be just, ah, 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 ah. Uh, which leads me to probably overcompensate. Right. You know? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And, maybe. and you and I did that this offseason. Like, we did not want to buy into this hype. We didn't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, um, 100%. Maybe I'm being unfair. Yep. So. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Thanks, All right. To, thanks to Maxis and Renthal and, of course, the folks at Fly Racing, flyracing.com. And, uh, and everybody for listening. We'll be here each and every week recapping this thing. So. All right. Cheers, mate. All right. That's Jason Wygant. Thanks, buddy. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing. He's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take your money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, like beating a dead horse I mean, you know and i know from personal experience did anybody ever sit me down of course they did. everybody did go circuits mitch payton there's two ways to make the money one is you can sign for money or two you can earn the money i'm a high believer in earning the money i think they ride better when they earn the money seven time jeremy mcgrath i was so mad like so disappointed and so frustrated that i pulled fifth and i left Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. 
It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey, 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 